When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. All right, Pat has promised uh, so, some explosive <laughs> explosive facts or data to start the podcast here. So what do you got for us? Uh, would you agree that the Atlanta Braves are probably the best team in baseball? Would you agree with that right now? Uh, I, I, wouldn't, say I, I wouldn't fight you hard on that, no. Nah, Tampa, I mean, Tampa's what, a miracle team, but they're not. They're, the, the nucleus isn't there. And, the Braves are an, intention, uh, an intentionally yeah, good they're team. Favorite. Yes, yeah. right. That's right. Intentionally good team. Do you know who's in their bullpen for them? Now, he didn't pitch last night, but do you know who's in their bullpen? Is it a, well, been is it a former some, twin? Has been pitching in some meaningful games. Michael Tonkin. Oh, what? Michael Tonkin. <laughs> Michael Tonkin. What? The, one of the, he's, been, he's been on a around-the-world journey. He was either in Korea or Japan. I think he was in Korea or something. He's been all over. He made their club in spring trading. He's pitched some good innings for him. The wait for the top is finally over. <laughs> wow. Know, like, so he's been out of the major leagues for six years. Six years, yes. I I assumed he was coaching basketball for a junior high <laughs> team someplace or something. He was uh, – I, I – I, he always was, as you know, he was always suspicious as to why you were asking him a question, wasn't he? And, uh, were you, did you ever cover him? I did. He was well. He's six. I just remember him because he's six foot seven, and I'm five foot eight with uh, you know high Nikes on. You know, he would show up in spring trading four years. You know, back way back to the early 2010s. But he always wondered why you were asking him if he did something. He always he always was suspicious. You were trying to get to some angle that. that uh, proved uh, that the, the basic was, why in the hell are you here? But it, he was one of those amazing guys that would get two strikes on somebody and he'd somehow figure out how to get the three and two and ended up having to either throw a cookie or walk the guy or something. But yeah, the talk is in their bullpen. Wasn't, wow. wasn't there a weird connection? Wasn't he like Jason Kubel's brother-in-law, like on a complete yeah, random somebody, coincidence? Yeah, was it Kubel? Yeah, I think he was married to Kubel's sister. I think it was Kubel. Yeah, he was. He was related to. Uh, you're, you're right. I think it was Kubel. Yes, but, uh, he, yeah. he was. He was one of many promising young arms in that kind of like early target field yeah. period yeah. that just never like. I remember him. There was like Alex Burnett, all these guys that came oh up, God. and you thought, oh, these are going to be. He no, was, wow. uh, He was a little old lady in the press box too. I remember the day 
they shocked us at the end of spring training and when they released uh when they sent one whole park back to the miners after he had that fantastic spring and i remember you know and we were all trying to figure out who's this was the first year of falby and levine right the first year of because everybody what what's this guy got to do he had a home run every four bats down here and that's when they started with 12 pitchers but i remember talking being in the corner going ah, i like talking yeah like that so but he's in the big leagues baby that's great man and he's uh, uh well I, I'm, I mean if, if, if we were gonna do a pie, a pie chart of blame off last night's loss i know that uh emilio pagan probably doesn't rank number one for you because the you know the game was already they were down but Man, I would I would swap Pagan for Michael Tonkin right now. If you gave if you just said right now, rest oh, of the yeah. season, Pagan or Tonkin, who do you want in your bullpen? I would probably take Tonkin. As I, as I said the other day or wrote or something, Emilio Pagan doesn't give up any runs unless they matter. Yep. <laughs> you know, unless it you know, he never he comes in when it's six to one, he gets he breezes, he gets them out, man. It's easy. He'll get you six outs when it doesn't matter, but uh if you're really now, I don't think it mattered last night. They weren't probably going to score anyway, and they didn't score. But uh, yeah, he made sure they didn't. And uh, now I would give him uh, credit for at least this time. It was one of the was was the best player in baseball to hit a 450 foot home run off him. Uh, yeah. Goal, so. Well, did you did but you see my got... did you see my tweets last night about? Uh, I'll just I'll just give it to the audience here too. So Emilio Pagan this season. In, and I don't know exactly like where the line is drawn here, but in high leverage situations, has a one thousand four hundred nine OPS against. So in the in like the the game is on the line situations, he basically turns everyone into peak steroid Barry Bonds. In in low and medium leverage situations, he has a five thirty five OPS against. Yes, which is like uh, have a parade for him, right? It's, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it's it is amazing how he uh, he can groove that uh, he can groove that uh, little cutter. He, when it, I think that was another cutter last night, right? That the guy hit five hundred miles. But uh, yeah, but I I want to know, and nobody did. I I didn't see anything. Why did Royce Lewis not play? I think you're, I saw your theory on Twitter, and I are we mad at I, him? Con- conspiracy Pat might be onto something. Yeah, did he call out Popkins? Why is he Why is he not playing? Somebody. What did you make of that comment? Because he he we talked about this yesterday on the our State of the Twins podcast. But he basically said, and I don't think he meant any. I don't think he meant to throw Pop under the bus. But he was no, like, no. "Yeah, Pop and I. I told Pop, you know, I'm going to try. I'm going to try and make contact today." Uh, yes, yes, yeah, right. Instead of well, I think he was the first one to uh, state what we all figure is their philosophy, which is from the same one people had five years ago. Uh, wait for a pitch you can drive. Don't, yeah. you know, swing at a pitch you can drive. And that explains why they are on a world record pace for strikeouts. Uh, and, and congratulations, fellas. You kept it going last night. You're going to get to that magic more than 10 per game mark uh, when, when this season ends. It would. Nobody ever has struck out sixteen hundred times. No team, but uh, these guys. I think they're on pace for seventeen hundred. So yeah. it, it's the, you know, uh, I, I mentioned this yesterday, uh, and not to you guys on on this. Obviously, it wasn't on, but uh, uh, the 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 Nesson guys, Euclid and Dave O'Brien, 
were on over the weekend saying this their problem is they're not made for today's game the twins they're not made for today's game they don't they don't do any of the things that teams are now doing to adjust to the and all the fact that the we're not playing it with a golf ball anymore <laughs> and we're we have these amazing bullpens that come in and strike everybody out and they're still sitting there trying to hit a home runs. You know. So we've that. gone we've gone from saying goodbye to Terry Ryan and the old front office because we were too far behind the times yeah. to hiring Falvey and Levine and a thousand new random people behind the scenes to get back years. ahead of the curve. And now we're back behind the times. Because we're still playing the whole run ball. We're still, you know, the, I mean, AJ did a whole thing on, did you happen to hear AJ on the broadcast? No, Jeb was uh, raving about it, but I did not well, hear he what he said. Okay. He won't, sh- I mean, he's just like AJ was anytime. He won't shut up. But and, and sometimes it's silly, but it's 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 entertaining. But he was saying, hey, you know, they, they can't score a run if, if they don't hit a home run. And he was he was great on Joey Gallo, and he pointed out that Joey Gallo cannot touch a breaking ball. You know, so and they were trying to decide. Uh, they were talking about what do you think? Uh, what do you think he'll do here? He's down two and one in the count or something, the pitcher. And he said, you throw him two breaking balls, which he did. And Joey missed them all by a foot. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't, I kind of always thought his problem was he couldn't hit this because he chased it, a high fastball. But he, he also now cannot hit an off speed pitch if you've been watching him lately. So. Well, yeah, and like everything you said, the, the baseball is no longer a ping pong ball like it was a few years ago. You and no it, longer have the ability to load up your third baseman and your shortstop on the right side of second base. Yeah, so there's just right. there's more area. Just putting the ball in play now, not trying to hit a home run, but just putting the ball in play somewhere mm-hmm. is more valuable than it's been in 10 years, I feel like. And they're still stuck trying to play the launch angle, drive the ball out of the ballpark game. They're also stuck with the uh, Fox box that uh, I'm not going to swing at that pitch because it's uh, yeah. a foot off the plate, you know. And, and, uh, and then after the game, I'm going to I'm going to go look closely and make sure you know that I was right for taking that strike three off the plate, an inch and a half, and I'm going to go look at it and say, "See, I didn't deserve to strike out." Well, you did for a hundred years before the Fox box was invented. Too close to take is not part of their philosophy. I, I would like to see one of them, Rocco or somebody, when some guy takes strike three with the bases loaded on a on a pitch that's an inch off the plate, do a little screaming at him. <laughs> we need the we need the guy to say, get your head out of your bleep and let's go here. I don't yes. think is the guy to do it. That's what's hilarious. Like that's another good point managers are much more likely to go out and light the human being umpire up for missing a pitch yes. a half inch off the corner that was yes. traveling 98 miles an hour with movement mm-hmm. than to go to the hitter and say, hey, these are still humans back here. They're not, they're not going to be perfect compared to yeah. the Fox box, so you got to be protecting with two strikes. And I see they're telling us that they're not going to do the uh, computerized strike zone next year. It, it, it looks like they, they're not going to leap into that. You know what they're going to do? Which I hate, the challenges. Because yeah. the, fan, the, the fans have reacted to that in the minor leagues. So they're going to, oh, we're going to get the fans involved here. And they're really be on the end, edge of their seats as they wait to see whether it was a strike or a ball to come up on the screen. That's, that's what they're going to do. 
Which, Are uh, we going to have a red flag like like Mike Tice hiding a red flag <laughs> in your sock? Oh, that pitch looked like it it crossed over the black. Throw the red flag. Yeah, I started calling him because he, you know, Tice would throw the flag if he didn't like the way a play turned out. Yeah. <laughs> Not because they had a chance. My and defender started, got burned on a thirty yard touchdown. Yeah, throw the flag. I started calling him Flaggy the coach, you know, and uh, and in print, and he come up to. Well, that's real funny. Flaggy the coach, you know, he was. He, nice thing about Ticey, these guys don't know anything, could care less what's being written about him. I think Kevin O'Connell's not sitting there going through stories to see, but Ticey knew everything. Ticey knew everything anybody'd written about him or anything. I miss Ticey, though. Man, alive was he great. Well, we're doing so, you know, this is the, this isn't exactly the high flying news period of the NFL offseason here. So for, for Purple Daily this week, we're doing these historical – we do the pie chart of blame, pie chart of praise. We're doing historical pie charts for old Vikings games. And so today we're doing the the, the 2004 Lambeau Field playoff win where oh, yeah. the Vikings backpedaled into the playoffs. Yes. Randy Moss walked off the field in Washington in Week 17, and they they, you know, they wind up going to Green Bay for this playoff game. And, and – the the pregame was really interesting. I was watching back the pregame on Fox for this game. So Mike Tice, the week between Week 17 and the Lambeau Field playoff game, had these guys in full pads and hitting each other in practice that week. Wow. <laughs> well, I remember being waiting waiting for Ticey after that game, and you knew that, I mean, we were, the Washington game, we were ready to go, man, because Randy walked off the field and everybody was going to, and you knew Tice was, PO'd at everything. And then, but he was in there waiting for the other game to end to see if they back into the playoffs. And they did, right? Wasn't yeah. they, the other game was like running 20 minutes behind them or yes. something. So they backed into the playoffs. Oh, you guys are all say we're backing into the playoffs. Of course, we badmouthed them all week. And then they went down and won at Lambeau. So uh, it was, uh, it was Ticey's greatest moment, I would say, wouldn't you? Up I there. think that was his only playoff win, right? Mm-hmm. So, oh God, yes! Oh God, yes! It had to, and they so they started the previous year. They started six and zero and missed the playoffs, and then yeah. that year they started five and one, but uh-huh. finished eight and eight at the end. And then and they just their, they just destroyed what was the, the year that they were terrible, and uh, they hadn't won a game. And then and then he had Dante uh, the sneak, sneak in that. Run in the two pointer with uh, yeah. to win that game in New Orleans. And I they think were that was like 2002. I think that was okay, so uh, that between was the year. years. That was, his, yeah. that was his first year then. Yeah, they were bad that year. But uh, they, you know, he wasn't a he wasn't he had the he had the winning streak too. The one year, right at the his last season, didn't they? Oh, they were five. terrible, and then they won five in a row or something. Yeah, nobody could get a, a Vikings team hot for two months like Mike, Mike Tice. Tice. <laughs> but but then look the exact yeah. opposite for the other two months. Yeah, well, he was one problem he had is he have a team meeting and said, "You guys getting those Super Bowl tickets sale sold or not?" Come on, <laughs> two thousand five, two thousand five. That was that was Love Boat, right? Last year was Love Boat, wasn't it? How about and, this? We have because you know, on Purple Daily, we have we have a lot of listeners and YouTube viewers that really like just discovered us in the last six mm-hmm. to twelve months, and a lot of a lot of fans in their early twenties who just kind of stumbled yeah. into this Daily Viking show. And uh, we had an emailer reach out last Friday and said, hey, I heard you guys referenced this love boat from time to time. What, do you, what is the love boat? Can you explain? <laughs> so Judd, that was Judd's, Judd's uh, finest moment of the year, explaining to like a 21-year-old fan what love boat was. 
that was uh, that was the the worst moment in local journalism, uh, led by Gene Harrington. <laughs> I'll never forget that. That we're all they've been off all week, right? And now Dante's got to do his Wednesday thing, right? His Wednesday. Didn't they have the quarterback come out yeah. on a Wednesday? Yeah. And she, and they're getting ready to play Chicago, I think. And Gene's question is, do you want to talk about the boat or do you want to talk about the shoot the bears game coming yeah. up? And we all go, Gene! <laughs> and God, he says, I want to talk about the bears. I bet yeah. that's what the great thing was, but we're all going, Jesus, Gene, what the bleep are you doing? <laughs> we're all screaming. We've been waiting for Dante all week to, to have for since the love boat story popped to have to talk about it. Gene offers him the greatest out ever. You want to talk about the boat or you want to talk about the bears? Gene, so it's funny, like Gene Harrington, he used to lead off every press conference, right? Yes. I don't know. I don't know how that came it's to be, but like he the, just it was kind of like the Audra of uh, that of that, that, that period, yeah. <laughs> Gene would lead off with the soft with the softball every year. He'd, 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 he'd throw a couple underhanded in there, and then if he had any tough questions, you had to try to ask him later. Yeah, Gene was great though. Gene was the first producer for Suture and Ricey. Oh, Sunday night from Monday. Monday from... It was Sunday nights when okay. we first started on Sunday nights for uh, thirteen months before we got fired. Was uh, <laughs> Gene was our uh, Gene was our producer? Yeah, he taught us how to turn on the microphones and stuff like you i don't know if you ever fully mastered that yeah. no, I, was, I was gonna say i was neither of us ever became a quality microphone turner. i remember diving across the table a couple times as you started to open your mouth during a commercial break no no we have a real problem down there with uh when such ends up his garage logic thing and then we're going to do monday's sports talk they have the they have the special you know the people who are signed up who can stay and watch. Yes, the the, the town the, council the, membership. Yeah, all access. Once in a while, I've been known in to come in and you know maybe drop a, a f bomb or two about something, and then it, then they go ah, a, a little a little little too much access. A little too <laughs> yeah, much. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> town council. So uh, anyway. Just yeah, living up to was, your, your unchained brand, I guess. Yeah. The uh, the Tonk, though. The Tonk is back. It's unbelievable. Amazing. The Tonk. That's a great, wow, what a pull there. I know you have to get going here, so we'll uh, we'll let you go. But hopefully hopefully the Tonk, he didn't pitch last night, but hopefully he gets into a revenge game here before no, the week it, is over. It wasn't a big enough situation for the Tonk. They no, it wasn't high leverage. Situation. No, it wasn't high leverage. <laughs> but way to go, Emilio. You didn't disappoint us. <laughs> <laughs> God, is that, a, is that guy a good player, though? He's the best He's the best position player in baseball. No, he is. no doubt about it. He yeah. is, yeah. yeah. All right, Jim. Was gonna happen. All right, Pat, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you later. There he is, Bye. Royce Unchained, presented, by the way, by our friends at Power Lodge and Miller Marine. So, uh, you know, if you're looking to shake off a big home run, if you're a reliever, <laughs> maybe when you get home you can hop on one of these Bennington. So, yeah, you can uh, you can go to any of the three Power Lodge locations in Brainerd, Onamia, and Ramsey, Miller Marine in St. Cloud, the biggest Bennington dealer in the country, and uh, get into – or there's all kinds of other pontoons as well, 300 pontoons in stock, whatever you need. There's also tritunes available. That's next level, the tritune. I was going to say, you can get low leverage, high leverage situations. It all ends up uh, working out at the Power Lodge, so it doesn't matter which one it is.
No. Uh, medium leverage, maybe sort of like between low and medium leverage. It's all there at powerlodge.com and millermarine.com.